0: Good morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek in Ocala, Florida.
1: And I'm Karen Chatton from Gardnerville, Nevada. And you are listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for February 14th, episode 3,114. Good morning, horse world.
2: When your start time's on Saturday and your finish time's on Sunday... And it doesn't get much better than best conditioned. And completing the challenge is the challenge. You're an Don't endurance
3: rider.
0: That's right. And welcome to the endurance episode that we do here the second Tuesday of every month on Horses in the Morning. Karen is back today. So, Karen, uh, there's a lot going on in the endurance world. Tell us what we're going to talk about today.
1: Yes, there is. We're going to be talking about both the AERC National Championship and the World Championships.
0: So the World Championships this year was this the one that was postponed from last year, or is this a new one? I'm
1: um, trying I believe to keep they track. Were, <laughs> yeah, they were um, canceled, or you know, maybe postponed. I'm not sure what the correct terminology is um, from earlier, uh, or actually, I believe probably late. Last fall, maybe yeah, were last the ones September. They were supposed to be
0: in Italy, right? Yes, yeah,
1: yes. Okay. And so then they got rescheduled, and now they're going to be in du- Dubai.
0: All right. Then we're going to have a couple of riders. I'm excited to talk to them. It must be fun, you know. It, it must be fun and nerve wracking and all that stuff. And I don't know. Is this their first time going to a Worlds?
1: I know they have both competed internationally before, but I'm not sure exactly what events. Hmm. There's not a real easy way to look that up because it's not included in the AERC database.
0: Uh, But we can ask them. (laughs) We'll we'll find out all about that today. Yeah, And we're also going to talk about the National Championship Ride and where that's going to be held and what's all involved in that as well. So a lot of endurance competition coming up today in the show. Uh, But in the meantime, you should really move to Florida because it's nice and warm down here and the (laughs) endurance riders are getting to ride. And I know that you're just having the same weather up there in the mountains of nevada
1: i know it's been weeks and weeks and weeks of snow and ice and then finally when it starts to melt we're like yay finally and then of course we turn into the like a swamp full of mud (laughs) so it's been quite a workout trying to just horse keeping in the winter is a lot of extra work it's quite a challenge so i feel I mean, I really feel for the people in the northern climates that have to deal with winters like this every single year.
0: It's interesting, too. Every year it's different who gets the major snowfalls. And this year it seems to be the Midwest, upper Midwest, and even California and you guys, right? The, so, the Sierras. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yep Yeah. And uh, Utah, I know the mountains of Utah have been getting hammered as well. Uh, but yet, I talked to people up in, you know, uh, Pennsylvania and up in the Northeast, and they haven't been getting as much in some of the areas as they usually get. So, wow! Uh, wow. So it's your just your turn, Karen. That's it.
1: it is, and it's been <laughs> so cold. We had weeks where we weren't even getting up to freezing, and down to single digits at night, or even in the minus temperature ranges, which I know the Northeast, they had some really crazy minus temperatures a couple weeks back. Remember that?
0: So you have barn cameras. (laughs) What do your horses do when it gets really super cold? Because I know you can watch them.
1: Yes, this is the funny part. I've been catching Jovi. He gets, you know, I've got him kind of legged up really good. So he's. they're both getting really fit. And so the other morning I caught him on the camera. He was literally spinning circles like a cutting horse in place. And then he would stop and reverse and go the other way. And then he would buck a couple bucks and then he'd spin around again. And then he would take off. And I'm thinking, man, that horse is literally going to be a blast to ride. <laughs> it's like Once I'm brave enough to get back on him, I think I'm going to maybe lunge him first.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe. a Good idea. <laughs> <laughs> so so you maybe you just he's an arab or half arab i forget
1: he's arab and the other's half uh anglo he's an anglo so half thoroughbred half arab
0: but jovi's a full arab maybe you know uh-huh. maybe raining is more gonna be his that,
1: i was just thinking gosh darn he's so agile and athletic
0: yeah he can do the spins you know sliding stops he's probably got down to a pet you know, science Uh, as well.
1: They've been learning that running (laughs) in the mud and slipping and sliding. And um, yeah, so maybe he's, who knows what other careers he might have in his future. Yeah, I
0: remember seeing a lot of Arabians in raining competitions. So, Uh you know, there there you go. If this whole endurance thing doesn't work out. He's a frisky critter.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they get, well, and they've worn blankets. I've had blankets on him during that real cold spell. You know, I try to take them off during the day. Um, but, you know, when it's windy and snowing all day, what's the point? So they wore blankets more this winter than I think I've ever blanketed a horse in the last 30 years.
0: So what do you do feed-wise uh, for, you know, you, so you've got a couple of Arabians and, you know, they're pretty fit. And you, you do, when it's not super muddy, you do get to ride them and keep them uh-huh. fit. So what do you do in the wintertime when there's no grass? How do you feed? How much do you feed and what do you feed?
1: Um, well, they get a complete feed, and I carry warm water out to the barn uh, two or three times a day. I have these gallon containers I fill with hot water that helps speed up the mash. So they get that, and that helps keep them hydrated during bad weather spells. And then I make sure they have plenty of hay, and they have been eating lots of hay. What do you I've feed them
0: hay-wise?
1: Um, it's mostly a grass mix with a little alfalfa in it. Okay. And a high percentage of grass, and they love it. But, yeah, I think all my friends in the area have reported that their horses are really going through the hay this winter because we want to, um, you know, keep them warm at night. So of course they are, sure they are, because it's
0: the most expensive it's been in 30 years. <laughs> so that's I know. The, everything is. That's right. So we're going to eat more of it now. <laughs> I think mean, you got that's, to, though. What are you, you don't have a choice.
1: Well, and my horses always all seem to end up being easy keepers, so there's that fine line between, it, you know, you want to have them eating around the clock to stay warm and, you know, for their gut health, but you also don't want them getting fat.
0: <laughs> Do you feed any supplements?
1: Um. Well, their complete feed has all yeah. the supplements in it that they need.
0: It's like the uh, all-purpose vitamin for them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. what I'm going to ask, because we don't have a sponsor on this episode for feed, do you, do you feed a particular brand? I do,
1: but it's a local mill that makes oh. it in California, and it's called Stable Mix. They actually are in um, quite a few feed stores and in Tractor Supply, and fortunately for me, they have it at my local feed store in 250-pound barrels. Really? So so I get two barrels a month which is 500 it actually comes pounds. In barrels? Of, uh-huh. Wow. I've which is very convenient. Um
0: and you know there's not a lot of local mills left anymore.
1: I know. I know. I imagine it's you know and prices on that have gone up as well. The benefit of it is not just that it's got all the minerals and vitamins and probiotics and all that in it, but that um that I can get it in the large, you know, barrels, but the main part that I like is that it reduces the amount of hay that I need to have.
0: Right. There you go. Yeah. That makes mm-hmm. sense. You know, yeah. I did see yeah. I did see a study, I forget who did it, that people now compared to three years ago estimate that they're paying twenty five to fifty percent more if they add in the cost increases on feed and hay. <laughs>
1: Oh, gosh, that that would be a low end around here. Yeah, I I know. I think so, too. Here (laughs) in Florida, it's probably 100 (laughs) percent. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. When I'll just casually ask the feed store. So how much is a bale of hay these days? You know, and they'll tell me something like thirty five or thirty six dollars. Yeah, Yeah. So I'm getting it for a little less than that from my hay guy that I've been buying from for decades. But it still has gone up quite a bit.
0: So, I mean, Florida's warm, but hay is expensive. <laughs> so, is it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because yeah. everything has
0: to be shipped in, you know. Oh, okay. we don't really grow hay. Yeah. Either, you
1: know? Ah.
0: Jennifer's been feeding more peanut, which is something that I had never heard of until I moved to Florida.
1: Yeah, I don't. we really don't have that around here. No,
0: no. It's something that yeah. if you live in the north, you've probably uh-huh. never heard of peanut hay. Yet, Scooter will, will run it, your ass over for a flake of peanut hay.
1: They like it. <laughs>
0: and yeah. I, I don't know why it's all like the stalks are. I don't know. They look pokey, you know, and uh-huh. and they look hard and pokey, and it does not look at it does not look appealing in the least. Peanut. Oh, egg.
1: Okay. But, yeah.
0: Yeah. But they eat it and they love it.
1: <laughs> See, mine love their stable mix, and they're they're getting their formula is called the sport horse formula. So it's formulated for actively working horses, and they love it so much that if I give them hay first. They stand there staring at me, going, Well, where's the good stuff? We, we want the good stuff. <laughs> so they're demanding. <laughs> and they've got me trained.
0: <laughs> they all do. Yes. All of us, all of us trained. <laughs> all right. Let's get to your endurance tip. So, what are we going to talk about today?
1: I just thought we would revisit a little bit about the practice of doing trot outs after we do our training rides and talking a little bit about the benefit of that and while also doing a CRI at home.
0: All right.
1: So a CRI it has been proven to be a really useful what is a CRI? tool. It's a cardiac recovery index and what it does is it measures your horse's heart rate at this, at the beginning before you trot out and then you're going to trot out 125 feet and back and then you wait uh, a minute, 60 seconds from the initial pulse taking and then you recheck the pulse again and that's going to give you an idea of your horse's fitness level. You want the CRI to remain about the same or even to drop. If it goes up, it's going to show you that your horse might be in some sort of distress or that something maybe isn't right. You know, it could also be that it's uh, the conditions are hot and humid. So you might get a poor CRI. And if that happens at a ride, a lot of times the vets might ask you to recheck your horse after your um, vet check break time is up. Uh, but it's, it's a really good way to, to check the metabolic health of your horse. And also doing the trot outs, it's also going to alert you uh, if there's something else brewing, some sort of lameness or other kind of issue that you might not notice if you just come home from a training ride and put your horse up. Um, it's very good to practice the trot outs regularly. That way you're you know in practice your horse is in practice and knows what to expect and uh, and you get better and better and more proficient at it so that you look like you know what you're doing when you get to an endurance ride um, i
0: bet you that my heart rate would be much worse off than his <laughs> After the shutout.
1: <laughs> I know, I know. So you know, it. They say to do 125 feet, which is about 45 steps. So you can kind of measure that out. Um, you know, you can actually measure it, or you can just sort of guesstimate. Like if you know your fence um, posts are maybe six or eight feet apart, you can kind of factor that out and and make a little. Right.
0: All right. So before Mark. you go on, I wanted to ask you. So, I, you know, I've watched a lot of trot outs at different shows, right? Um, mm-hmm. events mostly. So when they start the trot out, they're, so they're taking the pulse before they trot. Mm-hmm. And obviously they're looking for lameness too when they do the trots. But, um, right. so they do the trot out. You, you run your 145, 25 feet down and 125 feet back. Uh, you're running, they're trotting. Um, so, when you get back, do they wait 60 seconds from the time you return, or is it 60 seconds from the initial one? From the time
1: they took the first pulse.
0: So, you got to get back in 60 seconds.
1: Right. So, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> it, it depends, you know, so you'll watch some of the more, um, you know, seasoned riders and some of them will trot faster than others, uh, you know, and it's... And that's a matter of knowing your horse. Is your horse going to do better if you trot faster and then it has a few more seconds before it gets the second pulse taken? Or is it better to trot a little slower? Uh, You know, so that's where it's a good idea to practice this ahead of time and get to, you know, become familiar with your horse.
0: Well not only that we've all seen the trots where the horse ends up rearing and carrying on and being a total nut. Um, right, and that right. doesn't help his pulse rate either. So Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it's
1: and it's just good cuz now your horse learns okay this is what we're doing. We're trotting, we're trotting this far. When you get to the end you stop. I always keep my horse on the right side. I okay That's the theory anyway, right? That's what you want. (laughs) Uh, And so you trot out, you get to the end, and then you stop. And you, I like to turn to the right where I go around the horse. And then I trot back. And then you want to make sure you stop before you run the vet over. So (laughs) there you go. That's another good reason to be practicing. (laughs) So your horse learns when you trot back that we're going to stop right here and not keep going and run anybody over.
0: It <laughs> is interesting cuz you, you uh, especially I would say in 3 day events you'll see them where they'll keep the hot uh, horses. They don't stop at the other end, right? They keep the horses moving. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just because they don't you know, the horses are probably a little hot and they don't want to you know they don't want to stop because then things can go wrong, right? So uh-huh. they keep their feet moving.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. right. Right. And and I should mention also, most rides these days usually use a pulse rate between 60 and 64. On the West Coast, I think most of our rides here are 60. Um, other regions, because the conditions and stuff are varying things, they'll use 64. So you want your CRI to be in that range or lower. So if you do a trot out and your horse goes, say, from 56 or 60 up to 68 or 72 or something, then that's usually when the vets are going to, um, you know, pay closer attention and maybe have you do a recheck.
0: So the, in the recheck, a lot of, I know sometimes they're obviously looking for lameness. They want to see if the horse just made a bad step or something. Um, mm-hmm. but they're also taking a look at the heart rate in endurance. Do they look at the lameness as much as they look? Do, are both of these equal? They're Yes, they're both,
1: okay. um, Uh, items that can get you pulled or, you know, cause a recheck.
0: So there's not a flat heart rate. Like if it's over 72, you're definitely getting pulled. They're just going to take a closer look.
1: You know, it depends. Yes, I've had um, horses where their CRIs have gone up on the, you know, the second number and the vet says, bring the horse back after your hour hold and we'll recheck. And then they're, and then they pass and they're fine. Um, But uh, on the other hand, some horses might not be, um, you just, you, you know, that's why it's good to get the, you know, get it, get in the practice of doing it so that you're aware of what your horse tends to do. And then also that's going to tell you on your training rides, are you maybe training too hard or pushed your horse you know too much in those conditions depending what they are and and so then you you know because you are gonna your goal is you want to be able to do a CRI and hopefully have it go say from 60 to 56 or something like that rather than the other way around
0: so in endurance when do they do the CRIs
1: a, a lot of the vets do them at every vet check
0: okay And is it after you've come back for a while or right when you get back?
1: It's usually when you vet. uh, Different rides have different systems with how they get you through the vet check. Some want you to vet right away to keep the flow going, while others want you to wait for, say, half an hour before you go vet. Um, It's just each ride is a little bit different. And they explain all that to you usually at the ride meetings with how they're set up with how they want things to flow.
0: All right, very good. Well, I'll tell you what I will do for everybody, because this is a lot of numbers and things. Um, So what I'll do is I will just, you got uh, some notes out of the AERC Writer's Handbook, and I will actually post those in the show notes as well, right there on your phone. So if you scroll left or right, or up or down, depending on your program, you'll be able to see those in there with the numbers and the whole thing. So uh, I think that would be a a good way in Mm -hmm. case you uh, got confused in the middle of this. uh, (laughs) (laughs) You can just take a look and read it for yourself. All right, let's get to Kristen at the Distance Depot.
1: Well, our next guest is Kristen from the Distance Depot. Welcome, Kristen.
0: Thank you.
4: Good morning.
1: Well, let's talk about the AERC convention that's coming up. I hear that the Distance Depot is going to be there.
4: We are going to be there. We're very excited because the convention this year is in Jacksonville, Florida.
0: And where um, do you live, Kristen? Remind everybody. In
4: in Missouri, 20 hours away. (gasps) 20 hours. (laughs) 20 hours, yes, I can tell you, though,
0: it's Mm going to be in the 80s this week. So uh, you have Um, that to look forward to.
4: I know I'm so, we are very excited. We've been packing up for what seems to be about two weeks. <laughs> and then, you know, we get it all there and unload it all and set it all up like our store. So they'll be able to shop till they drop. Um, and the dates for that are February 24th and 25th. And then from there, I think we have a few days. We head to the Fitz Endurance Festival, which is over there in Williston, Florida. And so they have lots of endurance races going on for that event. And I know. A lot of your listeners have already contacted us about being there, and you know, are we going to be there? And we certainly are. So
0: things are (laughs) happening here in Ocala. They're happening. (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure.
4: And that's March second through the fourth. That is the second through the fourth. Yep, at at, um, the Fitz Endurance Festival. Yep, in Williston, Florida. And that's the one where excited about that.
0: They'll ride in the Gothi forest then.
4: Yes, they will. Yep.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm.
4: It's a beautiful forest.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah. They have great driving trails there, too.
4: Yes, they do. Yeah. Well, Black Prong driving yeah. a um, facility is there, and they've done so much work. There's a new restaurant. Have you seen the new restaurant? I
0: have not, but we, we oh have to get God. over to Black Prong. We haven't been it, there in yes. a long time.
4: Pretty spectacular. It's yeah. a great place, too. It's such a horsey area. It's beautiful. Well, tell us about your new Carrot Spring line. We- Yeah, we do have the new spring line trickling in. (laughs) And um, if they want to visit any of these products that I'm about to talk about, they're on our new page. So they're easily accessible and we'll be adding them, you know, as they come in, because it's not quite spring yet. I don't know about you guys, but we're having pouring (laughs) rain. It is warm, not Florida warm, but um, for for our um, area, it is pretty warm. So we're looking forward to spring. So we can talk about this spring line. We have Some great things, some really nice um, mesh cool gloves. So the whole top of the glove is open and airy, and the bottom of the glove is tactified enough that you can hold your reins without slipping. And of course, they've made them touch screen friendly. So you can use them if you need to use your phone. You can still keep your gloves on, but a super new glove um, we're excited about to keep our riders cool. And of course, we have all of their socks with fun designs and new colors. They have great sort of cocapelli type um horses on their socks. I'm always, it's always fun to see what Carrots does with their designs. And, and they have a great um spring line with items with fun horses on them. And um, mm-hmm. the ice fill products, of course, which are awesome for keeping you cool. They cool you with your body's own perspiration up to about five degrees so pretty nice when you're out there going down the trail it's boiling hot um i know i love love carrot stuff yeah we love their ice fill line and great new colors um we have and and their colors all tie together so their dancing horse tees will match the ice fill tights and the socks tie in and then your ice fill shirts so it's it's a fun line to mix and match pieces and keep you cool and comfortable in the saddle So if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, how would they do that, Kristen? Well, they can visit us um, at thedistancedepot.com and or give us a call toll free (laughs) 866-863-2349.
1: Our next guest is Linda Parrish, who is the AERC National Championship Ride Manager. She's in Texas, and she's joining us this morning to tell us about the upcoming 2023 AERC National Championship Ride. Welcome, Linda. Well, thank you, Karen. Well, how long have you been managing rides?
2: Um, Bo and I started managing back in 1984.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and so you're man- new then. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes.
1: Relatively new. Yes. <laughs> oh. oh my gosh. Okay. So uh, the national championship is going to be held at the Armadillo endurance ride, which I understand is one of the longest running rides in Texas. Yes,
2: it is. It was started back in 1981 and, uh, has been held almost every year since then.
1: Wow! Well, tell us about the ride. Where is it located, and and what's the trails like, and whatever else you can think of. Uh, Kennard, that's K E N N
2: A R D, Texas, is located uh, about halfway between Lufkin and Crockett. Um. We are in the Davy Crockett National Forest, and we have a lot of pine trees with some oaks and, you know, different little, little trees. And um, because the U.S. Forest Service is over it, it gets logged now and again. So we have some open areas where you can really make time.
1: Uh, yeah. What's the footing it, like?
2: Oh, the, the, the it depends on each year. Right now we haven't been out on trails because it's so wet but um, it dries out pretty fast. It's a loamy soil that uh, but there's a lot of tree roots that help make sure that you don't sink down into any mud. Um, we've we've had really really dry years where it's dusty and we've had some really wet years it just uh it's a nice little gently rolling trail that the humidity is the only factor that really holds horses back you have Mm -hmm. to you you have to uh watch what the the weather is like for that day and uh ride accordingly
0: so Mm -hmm. this is going to be in october right Yes. So what is it still, I live in Florida, so it's still hot in October here in Florida. Is it still the same in Texas? You're still hot and humid at that point?
2: Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, each year I have someone that asks, uh, what's the weather going to be like? We have had anywhere from up into the 90s down to 8 degrees. Oh,
0: there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so bring layers. That's a key. Yes, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: Yes, it's it's uh, it, we we really never know what Texas go, is going to throw at us.
0: <laughs> I'm just stuck, Karen, on the fact that we're doing the national endurance ride at Davy Crockett National Forest. That's yes. appropriate. That's just perfect.
3: <laughs> I
1: love it. <laughs> so tell us about the ride camp.
2: Ride camp is on private land. It's uh, it's our we have 30 acres, and we have open pasture and wooded area. And if we have so many people come that we have to overflow, we have overflow into Bo's brother's place, which is just on the other side of the fence. Oh, that works good. <laughs> it, <laughs> it is. It's really great. Um, so you can have pins. You can tie to trees and run, you know, high lines Uh, just whatever your little heart desires.
1: All right. So I'm going to cover the qualifications really quickly here for the 50 mile, um, AERC national championship. The horse must have 300 AERC lifetime miles of 50, 50 mile rides or more. The rider must have 300 AERC rides of, Uh, 50 miles or more and they need to have 100 miles together as a team doing 50s for the 100 mile the um, requirements are 500 miles for the horse lifetime 500 miles for the rider uh They must have one-day 100-mile AERC ride together as a team or a two-day 100-mile ride or two back-to-back 50-mile rides. And uh, I also know that in past championships, they've also allowed riders to ride uh, that aren't qualified if they are willing to take on sponsoring a junior. Yeah, I I would –
2: um Under AERC rules, yes, a junior can be sponsored by a non-entered
1: rider. Right. So,
2: okay. But with Armadillo this year, the office has very graciously allowed us to uh, hold our Armadillo ride in conjunction with the national championship. Okay. So if, if the rider hasn't qualified and can't qualify before... Or, October, then they can enter uh, just the regular Armadillo ride.
1: Okay. Good. That's terrific. And so I see October 19th is the 50 and October 21st is the 100.
2: Yes. Yes. And in in between there, we're going to have an LD ride. Okay.
1: If if you want to just come and play. (laughs) I gotcha. And are you looking for volunteers and extra help? Oh, yes, ma'am.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that would be greatly appreciated if anybody can do, come and do that.
1: Okay. Uh, how, far, how far are you away oh, from a town with amenities or anything like that? Crockett is
2: 20 miles away. They okay. have hotels, restaurants. A Walmart, <laughs> um, and Lufkin is uh, thirty-six miles going east, and Nacogdoches, which is a college town or university, excuse me, they've been, they've become a university. Um, they are forty miles away, so we're we're fairly kind of remote. Uh, Gotcha. If anybody's used to living in the city, uh, yeah, it's a little bit of a drive. If you're used Mm -hmm. to living in the country, uh, it's just a hop, skip, and a jump.
1: (laughs) Okay, gotcha. So what are you planning for meals?
2: My my youngest son uh, and his wife and, and children and their military friends come out and cook for us.
4: Oh, that's cool. And they
2: they serve anything like chicken and dumplings, which includes veggies in there, um, to hamburgers, hot dogs, and on. In, in the past, um, on Sunday morning, we have a, a a big breakfast, which has always been our our um, accommodations. I mean, we. People stay over just for the breakfast because they are wonderful cooks.
1: Oh, good. Yeah, it's always good to get a nice breakfast before a long drive home. (laughs) Yes.
2: (laughs) And they have learned because of me, I like my veggies. And so they fix onions and peppers and spinach and all kinds of stuff to go with your bacon and eggs.
1: (laughs) Okay, so somebody wants to learn more about the National Championship or get in touch with you to volunteer or whatnot. What's the best way to, to get in touch? Is it through AARC or the Texas Endurance Riders group? Uh, Texas Endurance
2: Riders would be a wonderful way of contacting me.
1: Okay, and that's uh, I see the website is txenduranceriders.com, and yes, they're known ma'am. as... Texas Endurance Writers
0: Association. Well, I wanted to mention for the auditors that we're going to be doing a post-show, Karen and I are going to be hanging around talking about rockets. I I did something fun last week I got to talk to her about. Uh, Of course, Karen's husband is a big space guy with like a huge, enormous telescope. And we're also going to talk, Karen's a huge TV and movie fan, so we'll find out what you're watching right now. So we're excited. Coming up next, we have a mother-daughter duo who are heading off to a world championship. So I wonder how many times that's happened, that, uh, that a mother and daughter have been on any U.S. team for anything. Not often.
1: Probably not. Valerie Canavy and her daughter. Yes,
0: that's right. Okay, there's one. And I'm sure other sports, there's a few, but I'm sure it's rare. So we have Karen DiCamillo coming on along with her daughter, Jessica DiCamillo. And they're married, too, and they have married names. But those are the ones we know them by in in the endurance world. So we're going to talk to them about how excited they are to be traveling overseas in the next couple of days.
1: Well, thank you, Karen and Jessica for joining us this morning. We're so excited for you that you made the team. So Karen, tell us a little bit about your history, writing and about your horses.
3: I've been endurance riding, oh, man, over 30 years, and I, I love the sport, love sharing the sport. But when I had my daughter, Jessica, being able to go out on trail with her. What, Marissa's like my adopted daughter because she's Jessica's best friend. So this is mom and her two daughters, in case you need that.
0: That's <laughs> <laughs> even okay. better. I love that.
3: Oh my gosh. And, and, you know, somebody says, what's your proudest moment? Well, my two proteges, I mean, they love the sport. They're great at it. And if somebody asks me who's the best, I have to say, well, I've, I've trained them, so they're better than I am. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And uh, we've got a nice set of horses that we're, we're working with. And it, it wasn't like, this is my horse. This is your horse. We just worked on whose personality worked out best with the horses. And then that horse, kind of claim the person and that's the way it went so uh it's 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 been a journey but it's been a wonderful journey
1: okay jessica is this going to be the first time that you've competed internationally
5: <laughs> Hi, this is jessica no i've actually been to Abu Dhabi back in 2013 and uh dubai 2009 and we went to italy unfortunately when you get to race in italy but no i've been i've been internationally
0: Jessica, I got a question for you. When you were there before, did they put you up in one of those big fancy hotels, like super fancy? Yes, they did. Oh, that's nice. That's good. Yeah,
5: Dubai, they put us in a pretty good, I'd say over five-star hotel. It was really nice. Um, Wow. They gave us tickets to go down to the horse racetrack. We had a racetrack outside our hotel room, so um like at three in the morning they're out there exercising the i know exactly the which
0: hotel yeah. you were at a five-star hotel i know exactly which <laughs> yeah. one that is <laughs>
5: so it, it, i mean we had great time over there and we can't wait to go back and race our horses did great and the terrain is awesome over there what
0: tell us about that what's the terrain like
5: uh, sandy so we don't have to worry about the rocks we have rocks in new mexico and so that's always a challenge with our horses of You know, they live in rocks, we have to compete in rocks, but when it's sand, we go down south where my mom lives, and so we have the sand to race in, and so the horses have all kinds of climate to be in and different grounds, and so that's been really awesome to take our horses that way, and that way they can make sure they're in the climate and in the sand and the soil that they'll be racing in.
0: So, Karen, is it going to be a lot like it is in New Mexico, heat-wise, or...?
3: He was, yes. Um, and, and I was in Dubai, um, back in 2000 and I thought, oh my gosh, there's gotta be sand. So I went out in my backyard and we've got some sugar sand hills and that's all I conditioned uh, that horse on for a, a month thinking that we were going to be running in the sand, sand sand. And we got over there and I was like, wow, I've been training a little over hard for this. <laughs> so, so, you know, being, being, uh, uh, I don't know, didn't know what we were expecting at, at that time for the next couple times we went over the training we didn't have to go in the quite deep sand. so it's been just a whirlwind.
0: you have uh, Karen a, yeah, go, ahead, uh,
1: go Karen. ahead go no you go ahead Glenn.
0: you have a pretty good team too and a lot of them have been on our show so you have Jeremy Reynolds on the team with you uh, of course you guys and and uh, Cheryl uh, Van Dusen is on the team so you got you yes. have a pretty good team.
3: Yeah, we're 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 hoping that, uh, you know, the the we're hopeful that uh, our our feet will hit the ground solid and sound and we complete 100 mile and bring home a team medal for USA.
0: That'd be great. Yeah. If, I left Marissa out because she's your other daughter and you already mentioned her. So, <laughs>
3: right, yeah, yeah, I know you did, I did. I know, but it was okay. I knew exactly that she was right there with us, yes,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely is. So, tell us, Karen, about your horse, and then Jessica about the one you're riding.
5: Oh, my goodness, uh, Jessica, you want to talk about Rose? <laughs> so, the three horses that are actually going have been with me up north all summer long, and I was getting them ready for Italy, so I've been spending a lot of time with them. They would come up and help me ride with them, and and mom gets a the privilege of riding Rose. She's our big bay, tall mare, and she's just a dream to ride. She's nice and smooth. Um, Mom and her get along good, and so that's a good thing. Because if she was riding my other horse, Rocket, the one that I'm riding, they 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 have different personalities. But uh, Rose is one of those horses that me and her can share really well. And she, like I said, she's got a lot of legs, and she's going to do good over there. She has the sweetest personality.
0: Jessica, I have to say that when you name your horse Rocket, you're destined. <laughs> To have a horse. <laughs> yes. yeah.
5: yeah. It is real names like I remember September, but I call him Rocket. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: usually when a horse is named Rocket, you know their personality. Exactly yeah. what it's like. <laughs>
5: yeah. so. mm-hmm. And just watching them over the whole this whole year, you know, like I was saying that I you know, we started to, you know, we had October was gonna be the world and it's like, okay, we got a peak, 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 we got it right. Um you know, got let down that, you know, it's not happening in Italy. Okay, so you know, that their little break off and it was like, okay, what's next? And then when they said UAE, it's like, okay, I'm coming down south because I live up in Angel Fire. That's where the horses were conditioning for Italy up in nine thousand elevation. I was like, okay, well, I need to come down to the sand, the sand and train. They don't need mountains and and grass fields to be racing in. So I brought brought the horses down and and been training them there and just seeing them improve over the time has been wonderful. I think I have created little monsters, pretty much. <laughs>
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, Karen, tell us right now what's the process this week with you guys. You're in Texas, I understand getting ready and getting your final vet checks and everything for travel. We have uh, yeah.
5: health mm-hmm. tickets today and make sure we're clear to get on the airplane. We had our um veterinarian exam yesterday, and we've all of our three horses passed, and they're looking great and so this week we're just slowly, you know not slowly, but you know doing our doing our thing, conditioning, keeping them. How healthy and happy, and and waiting until we ship out on the morning. I think at what three a.m. on the seventeenth. A, a lot of a
3: lot of uh, TLC going into these horses. A lot of love, a lot of hand walking. We've got a racetrack out here to go around. Thank God, none of our horses have been on the racetrack, so we don't have any flashbacks or anything like that but they're just like oh my gosh the the facility we're at right now is is wonderful and uh our we've got nice big stalls we've got a turnouts for them to be in um what's our biggest struggle right now getting our tack boxes underweight no
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so isn't that everybody's I mean, struggle when they travel I mean, yeah, and, yeah and
3: remember we're we're girls we have a tendency of overpacking everything and so it's like okay it, I we opened the boxes the other day when it was raining we itemized everything in there and it was like there's nothing I can take out oh and we find one little thing like oh this buckle we don't need it and I'm like we might put that back in
0: <laughs> no. oh funny. my
3: goodness oh, so, I'm glad to and, see
0: that top level professional riders are the same as everybody else
3: Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and to put that in the same perspective, it's like, you know, our we get a carry-on onto the airplane. Most of the time, our carry-ons are saddles. It's like, okay, if the horses and the saddles get there and our helmets, we're good to go. Yeah, yeah, you
0: can ride. Right. Exactly. <laughs> the important <laughs> yeah, stuff. That's
3: right. Holy mackerel. <laughs>
0: exactly. Macro. Now, yeah. did, I, and then, did I read that Dubai stepped up and are they paying for all the flights?
3: The they're they're flights. paying for the horses' flights. Yes. Yeah, that's uh, what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. And and you're talking to a mom that's like, ooh, um, shipping three horses out of my pocketbook. I'm like, Yes. We we had the fourth horse, the alternate horse also. And uh but we're only gonna ship the three.
0: Oh, gotcha. Okay. Well that, yeah. okay. that's terrific. Yeah, we
3: had the fourth horse in in the hole there. So we we uh decided we're just only gonna take three and focus on them.
1: Well, this is so exciting. I'm so excited for you guys. How long did this whole process take for you guys to get qualified to do this?
5: It takes about three
3: years to get the horses the level we're at. But we started this adventure six years ago. Um, We we talked it over. We started the bank accounts going and uh, went out and looked for a string of horses and went from 12. 12 horses down to six. To get these athletes that we have yep we didn't try to force any horses to do something that they didn't want to do these horses they they all want to do this sport and we yeah. like
5: horses that have the heart to to compete mm-hmm. yeah. so, so when you
3: when you look at our records and like where's that horse where's that horse well they they didn't want to compete at this level so they're back into an, uh, a good solid home for them we're at home. so important <laughs> for us to get back home. <laughs> we're standing at home going, okay, what's next for us? Uh, but so so when you say, how long did it take? We've been working on this for six years.
0: Yep. Actually, it's taken a lifetime, really, when you think about yeah, well, it. Well, that, that That
3: it did. That it there did. is that. Uh-huh. Yeah. We're, we're, we're not going to talk about what age we are. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we wish you guys the best of luck. The whole team, uh, we're rooting for you guys. I know this has been a change and change and change again. Uh, but this time, it, it looks like you're actually going to get there and get to ride. So, well,
3: uh, it this the third time, so third time's a charm, right?
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. Exactly. Yeah. So good luck uh-huh. to the entire U.S. team and to you guys sp- you. specifically. And uh, we'll be rooting good for you. Good luck. Thank you.
3: Thank you. Thank, thank you. you, thank you. All All right, right, hopefully we get guys. to tell you. Hey. Hopefully, we'll get to do another interview when we get home.
0: Yeah, definitely. We definitely want to do (laughs) that. For sure. We want to hear about how how everything went.
3: That sounds great. Thank Uh, you.
0: All right. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.
3: Bye-bye.
0: Well, I'm so excited for them. They sounded so excited to be going over there. And they've both been there before, so that's fun right.
1: and And uh, yeah, sounds like we have a really good team going. I hope they do well,
0: and it sounds like Dubai puts them up in really nice hotels and get feed them good food. So <laughs> that's good, <too. laughs> good That's good, too. I know exactly a- which hotel she was showing uh, showing because I just watched a travel show where they stayed in that hotel that overlooked the track. Wow, yeah. and it was it was a five star all the way. So th- this is probably the nicest accommodations they're going to have before a ride. No kidding. Uh, (laughs) Not what we were talking about earlier in the show where you're parked in a field with your living quarters, which hasn't been cleaned in 10 years. So this will be a little different than that. So, good luck to all of them. <laughs> National Convention, of course, is coming up. Is there big rule changes in the works? or is
1: it? I haven't seen any. Um, you know, they will be installing some new board of directors, and uh, they haven't announced who those are yet, so I can't really talk about that, but uh, they do have a lot of nice seminars coming up, a nice lot of education. They're shopping with vendors. You, you know, Distance Depot is going to be there. So, anybody interested? It's going to be in Jacksonville uh, Riverfront Hotel on February 24th and 25th. Uh, actually, it's Hyatt Regency Jacksonville Riverfront in yeah, Jacksonville, it's nice, Florida. It's
0: actually a nice uh, place. Is it? Yeah, yeah, it's a nice nice hotel. They're going to have perfect weather. It's right on the water, you know, right near the ocean. So they're going to have a good time. Well Karen thank you for putting this together. We we as I said wish the team the best of luck over there and we'll have a hopefully we can have them back on next show. Uh, mm-hmm. And when they get back to the United States, that'll be fun to get caught up with them and find out exactly how they did.
1: Yep. I hope it goes well for all of them.
0: You can find all the past episodes of The Endurance Show just by going to horsesinthemorning.com. Scroll down to the middle of the page. Click on the Endurance banner, and that'll take you to all the episodes that Karen has done over the last 25 years. <laughs> seems like that sometimes. I don't ten know. Ten years been, almost. It's been almost ten, yeah. ten. Yeah. Yeah. That's a time long lies. time. You can definitely say you have the longest running endurance podcast in the world. There's no... Question I'm How about to, that? Yeah, you can definitely say that. I, I don't even know if there's any others, but you have the longest. Uh, An so.
1: endurance show that endures. Yeah, I like that's that. Tr- oh,
0: that's true. <laughs> yeah, that is true. You went the full 100 miles.
1: Uh huh.
0: Yeah. Have we, anybody checked our blood pressure or pulse lately? So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> blood pressure. Yeah.
0: yeah. I know. What's my CRI? Yeah. Gosh, I don't know. <laughs> I,
1: you know, I wonder what a human CRI would be like if we. Tested ours along with the horses, on those trot outs.
0: <laughs> okay, the neck. I have a smartwatch, and I'm sure you do too. So, uh-huh. so the next show, we will do our our pulse at the beginning of the show, and again okay. at the end of the show, and we'll see That'll how we be compare. Fun. We'll okay. see if it's higher or lower at the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well today it'd be higher because we had a little we had some problems that you guys didn't hear to get in connections and things. So <laughs> thank you all for listening. Hold on auditors. we'll be back with a post show. In the meantime, Karen, have a terrific month.
1: and happy Valentine's Day everyone.